creation, the inanimate creation. They seem to be very much aware of the greater significance of the day of the rapture of the church than the church is. And I asked the church, have you also waited in eager anticipation, eagerly expecting? And tremendous groaning and pain. As in, uh, oh, it will happen. Oh, uh, so much pain. Waiting for that day to appear and then you are relieved. Have you also waited in that eager expectation? The eagerly anticipation. And so the Lord presented such a formidable challenge before the present day church. Because he's saying that creation appears to be aware of the perilousness and the dangers of sin. And they can't wait for when they are disconnected from decay, from sin, from wickedness and corruption and death. They appear to be aware much more than the church. They appear to be aware of the dangers of sin. The perilousness of wickedness. And they are crying out. They can't wait for the day of rapture. For when the Lord will roll out a process to disconnect them from decay. That on that day of rapture, that God rolls out the seven years of liberating creation. Of liberating the earth. And I made you understand that they appear to be aware that the words of God, heaven and earth, they come and go, but the words of God will never go away forever. So it was quite ironical. The Lord presented a challenge before the church. That how come creation is aware and you are acting as though you are not aware creation is preparing in earnest and eagerly in anticipation great expectation and he says and yet mankind in the streets of this world the streets of Beijing in Shanghai, in Oolong province, in Shenzhen, in Fushan, in Hong Kong, in New York City, in Frankfurt, London, Paris, in London, Thessaloniki, all the way down to Roma, down all the way down to, to Tapachula, Mexico, City, Mexico, Puebla, Tlaxcala, Pisaco, Via Hermosa, and all over the cities of Australia, this world, they appear as though they are walking there in the streets as if they are not aware the Messiah is coming. Hey! They are going about 
about their normal businesses. And yet creation, the Lord says, is very much aware and they are preparing due diligence in trembling and fear, in eagerness, expectation, anticipation. They can't wait. And with groaning and pain. So we saw that part that they are waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And so tonight I want us now to look at the sons of God. Who are these sons of God that creation is waiting for that should be revealed are they in the church you as a Christian who is walking in the church have received the Holy Spirit when you look into the church landscape are you able to spot them to spot them, to see them I want us to define who are these sons of God that the Bible so celebrates that on the day when finally they are revealed when in absentia, in rapture then creation will begin to ease in her pain because the process of her redemption begins who are the sons of God that are being celebrated here so that on that day when they are taken the rapture in absentia when they have now gone they are not on the earth that creation will say oh so this was the son of God oh so Randy was the son of God oh so Hilda was the son of God so Litunda was the son of God oh Mike on his one was oh Mishimiwa Kabingo was the son of God you know on that day in absentia they will now get to know the secret of the holiness you walked when they could not find from it Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who are the sons of God? That is my assignment tonight. To bring to you. And so you can see if I will finish, if I can be successful on this tonight. If I am going to be successful in defining to you who the sons of God are, the ones that are taken into the kingdom of glory. The ones I saw worshipping before the throne. The ones I saw in that vision. When the Lord brought me before his throne inside heaven. And I saw them. Worshipping the Lord in a tremendous unison. In a tremendous beauty of his holiness. Who are these sons of God I saw? Remember when I say sons of God, it means both men and women because I'm using sons of God because they have now entered sonship with God, adoption into the family of God. The Bible refers to both women and men in the church, those that I'm going to describe, those that enter heaven. He calls them sons of God. When the sons of God will be revealed to this generation. Sio wote wale ambao wataingia binguni peke yao. Wote pamoja wanawake na wanaume wale ambao 
wataingia mbinguni Biblia inawaita wote ya kwamba ni wana wa Mungu kwa maana wanaingia kwenye uana kwenye familia ya Bwana Biblia inawaita They enter sonship in the family of God. Kwa sababu wanaingia katika uona katika familia ya Mungu. So who are these sons of God that creation is waiting for? Hivyo basi je, hao wana wa Mungu ambao uumbaji na uongojeni kina That's why I told you if I can be very successful in this mission tonight. Ndio sababu niliwaambia kwamba kama nitafaulu katika misheni hii usiku wa leo. identifying to who they are. Katika kuwatambulishia je, hao ni nani? You can calibrate your spiritual Christian life. Basi unaweza kutengeneza Christian life basi unaweza kukulinganisha unaweza kuitumia kama kitu mazungumzo yasiyokuwa makabisa an exhaustless theme in the church a beautiful theme describing and defining the holy church of christ that enters glory hallelujah mazungumzo yasiyokuwa makabisa mazungumzo ya kupendeza kabisa kabisa kuelezea na kutambulisha biharusi wa kristo ambao wataingia katika utukufu so who are the sons of god hivyo basi je wana wa mungu ni kina nani i want us first of all ninataka kwanza kabisa to understand the context the perspective ili kwamba tukapate kwa When God now when he creates all men and then now he takes a few of them some of them and say these are his sons sons of God that tells you something has happened something wrong has happened in creation there must have been a fall for him now to be taking a few and calling them his sons Genesis chapter 3 I want first of all just to handle what happened in the garden Genesis chapter 3 blessed people Verses 1 Verse 4 and verse 5 Genesis 3 Hallelujah 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 Turn with me to the book of Genesis blessed people the first book in the Bible. Gauka pamoja nami kwenye kitabu cha mwanzo kitabu cha kwanza katika Biblia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3. Kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 3. It's really your first book on your left hand side if you if you have the Hebrew Bible you start from your right. Ndio upo kitabu cha kwanza kabisa katika upande wako wa kushoto kama uko na Biblia ya Kiebrania unaanza upande wa kulia. But for the English speaking it would have been from your left. Lakini kwa wale wanaozungumza Kiingereza ni upande wako wa kushoto. And he says the following. Na anasema yafuatayo. Again, Genesis chapter 3 is where we are starting from to develop a perspective. Kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 3 ndipo tunapoanzia ili kwamba kufanya mtazamo. And he says here. Na anasema hapa. Now I'm reading verse 1 on. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. 
basi nyoka alikuwa mwerevu kuliko wanyama wote wa porini ambao Bwana Mungu aliwafanya and he said to the woman nyoka kamwambia mwanamke did god really say that you must not eat from any of the trees in the garden atikweli mungu alisema kamwe msile matunda ya mtio wote wa bustanini the woman said to the serpent mwanamke akamjibu nyoka we may eat fruit from the trees we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden but god did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden tunaweza kula matunda ya miti yote iliyoko bustanini lakini Mungu alisema kama msile tunda la mti ulioko katikati ya bustani and you must not touch it or you will die wala msiguze kabisa la sivyo mtakufa now verse 4 so verse 1 is key hivyo basi mstari wa kwanza ni nyeti kabisa genesis chapter 3 verse 1 kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 3 mstari wa kwanza did god really say You must not eat from any of the trees in the garden. Atikweli Mungu alisema kama msile matunda ya mti wote wa bustanini. You can tell the tricks, the blueprint of the devil, the strategy of the enemy. His plan. Mnaweza kuona mitindo ile mbinu ujaja wa shetani. For you to be a son of God. Kwa kwa wewe kuwa mwana wa Mungu. Wana wa Mungu. You must understand these schemes and evade them. Ni lazima ukapate kuelewa ujaja hizi na uepukane nazo. And see how Jesus came to help you recognize them na kuona jinsi ambavyo Yesu alikuja kuwasaidia ili kwamba kupata kuzitambua and he asked did god really say you must not eat from any of the trees in the garden je kweli mungu alisema kwamba kama msile matunda ya mti wote wa bustani was the first strategy of the enemy is to create doubt jambo la kwanza ile mbinu ya kwanza ya shetani ya adui ni kuleta shaka to try and create doubt in your heart ni kujaribu kuleta shaka katika moyo wako and then eventually lower the standards of god in your life halafu hatimaye azipunguze zile viwango za mungu katika maisha yako and he says here na anasema hapa in verse uh, he says in verse 4 anasema katika mstari wa 4 you will not certainly die lakini hakika hamtakufa. Now look at that. Sasa angalia hiyo. So after creating doubt now he contests God. Hivyo sasa he now decides to contest God. Bada, contradict God. Baada ya kuleta hiyo sasa Those are the schemes of the enemy. This is what the sons of God have evaded. Sasa, They have overcome this. Baada ya kuleta hiyo sasa anajaribu kumpinga Mungu. Hizo ndizo ambinu za adui ambayo lazima wana wa Mungu wapate kuzishinda hizo. You hizi. must understand these schemes if you are born again. Nile, because salvation helps you to recognize these schemes and make sure you don't fall prey to satan again ni lazima mpate kuelewa mbinu hizi kama mmeokoka kwa sababu uokovu unakusaidia kabisa so for us to identify the sons of god hivyo basi kwetu sisi kupata kuwatambua wana wa mungu we must first understand the context of this kwanza kabisa ni lazima tupate kuelewa mbinu hizi na jinsi ambavyo lazima ushinde hizi mwanguko by the help of christ jesus kwa msaada wa kristo yesu for you to be the sons of god kwenu ninyi kwa wana wa mungu first for you say you will not certainly die it begins contradict god and then verse 5 he says he put forward a proposal now for God knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil kwa maana Mungu anajua kuwa wakati mtakapoyala macho yenu yatafumbuliwa nanyi mtakuwa kama Mungu mkijua mema na mabaya. And he says. Naye anasema. The first instance. Ya kwamba tukio la kwanza. He tries to create 
doubt. That is his strategy. If you want to be the sons of God, you would have to avoid this and besmirch this. Be sensitive to this. Alert your system on this. To flag your system. Doubt first. So the devil first creates doubt on the word of God. Said, did, did he really command the son to clap? And the purpose is to lower the threshold you have of the reverence and fear of God on his wonders. So he tries to create a doubt. Then the second strategy and then now contradicts God. The third one then he questions the intent of God. The intention of God. So if you are aware of this, this is going to be key. It's going to be key for the sons of God that they are alert to the schemes of the devil. And that's why in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 11, he says, we cannot be blind to his schemes. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you may understand how the sons of God manage to, to succeed. The Lord helping them. How they manage to evade the schemes of Satan by holding on to the cross and the blood. Second Corinthians 2.11 says He's saying here again verse 11 in order that Satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes. So the sons of God they are aware of the schemes of the devil. That has been the greatest undoing in the church. That the church of Christ has lived like that always buying into the schemes of Satan. Anything the devil presents she falls for. She falls for it. She falls into it. And that's why the first perspective I want us to develop is this. That the sons of God they have been facilitated enough by the Lord to detect this scheme. The schemes of Satan. And so they have flagged their systems. Otherwise, it is not the wish of Satan that you should enter the kingdom of glory. And if that be the case, then let us go back to the garden now and understand the basics the basics of the fall and how the sons of God are redeemed from it. That chronology is so important because it lays forth also the cost of salvation and the guarantees of God that you may not live in some kind of whimsical notions unaware but that you may be aware of the cost of your salvation. 
salvation. These are basic foundation equipment that you need in order to establish yourself as a son of God. These are basics that you need to stake. You need to anchor on. Hallelujah. So the book of Genesis again. Step by step. As we begin now unveiling on the sons of God. Beautiful Sunday service. My prayer that I succeed tonight. the end of it. To define to you who the sons of God are. In order to bring to you. That church. The identity of that church. That while I was standing before the throne of Yahweh. I saw her. And she was worshipping in absolute unison. In the absolute holiness of God. In the splendor of the radiance of the glory of God all over her. If you want to know the sons of God who the sons of God are those ones those are the sons of God. They are finally inside. Hallelujah. So turn with me right away to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 10. Chapter 3 verse 10 he says. He answered. I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. It's amazing. That God created man. And he told them. In Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, 16, 17. He says the following. He created man perfectly. That's why you see Genesis 1, 2, he says, and all was good. He says, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded man, you are free to eat from any of the trees in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day when you eat from it, you will certainly die. This is very powerful. You see that the Lord creates man. And at the creation of man, his intent was to leave man in his innocence. That man may live in his purity forever and never die without ever getting to know the knowledge of sin. Without man ever getting to know
have the knowledge of evil. He wanted him to live innocently forever on the earth. In the garden, in paradise. Paradiso. And that's why he said, don't go, don't get to know about evil. Don't go there. Once you touch that tree, then you'll be able to know evil. Once you're aware of evil, you'll do evil. I want to keep you innocent and in your purity, original purity. And it's amazing that every time man contests the Lord, even the church right now, every time you contest the Lord, how come you're not aware of Genesis 1? Look at what he says, Genesis 1. Verse 1 he says, In the beginning, God. He begins by introducing himself. In the beginning, God. I am using this introduction to be able to to set a base for everybody tuned in. That when I now step in to identify the sons of God, you'll see that this is the foundation. You'll see that they well, they well perceived this. That is what distinguished them from everybody else. That they understand the schemes of the devil and they are alert to it. They don't buy into it and that they are aware that God's intent when he created man was that man remain innocent forever, sinless without sin, without evil forever but why the contestation then and the believing of Satan instead of believing God even in the present day church they contest God 24-7 the sons of God are aware of Genesis 1 verse 1 down that in the beginning God God hallelujah he begins with God in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and verse 3 and God said and verse 6 and God said and God made that God created the heavens and the earth as his own is the creator the owner so what is this contestation all about right away from the beginning he identifies himself he steps forward he says in the beginning God saying that he is the creator without him there is nothing there is nothing that is that can ever be in the beginning God God created this God God created this God God 
Mungu. God in the beginning God. He introduces himself as the authority. Anajitambulisha kama mamlaka. And the owner of creation. The owner of the you, you the church. So where does the contestation comes in where Adam now and he believes something else? It's in the beginning God. Ai. Ai. Did you understand the basics, the basis? Of distinction, distinguishing. Between the sons of God. And what they know. And the others. In other words, the Lord divides the earth into two. Either you are the sons of God. Or you are the rest who are headed elsewhere. And so in the beginning God he created man and he wanted the innocence with which he created man to remain as such forever. That man may not touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then eventually get to know about evil. And begin to do evil and sin. No, he did not want. And that's why you see now when they have touched that tree then all of a sudden Genesis 3 verse 10 that we read but they realized they were now all of a sudden they are aware of evil and they find that they are naked that is where I want us to begin from in this process of defining the sons of God he called the Dios the sons of God who are they hallelujah what a mighty Sunday service beautiful day to prepare the church and make gains and then he says Genesis now we go to Isaiah chapter 45 verse 12 look at what he says after they have known evil Isaiah 45 turn with me there Isaiah 45 verse 12 says the following it says it is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. My own hands stretched out out of heaven, out of the heavens. I marshaled their starry hosts. And again, the Lord coming out clearly that he is the authority. He is the incontestable authority. There is no contestation. Mankind ought to obey direct as they said they obey a thousand percent. Because he is the creator. It is I myself who stretched out my hand from, he from the heavens and built them. 
and created the meaning I own them. Meaning own them. And then he says in verse 18 for this is what the Lord says he who created the heavens he is God. He is God he who fashioned and made the earth. He founded it. And he did not create it by to be empty. Can, can you increase my volume somebody? Just a little bit. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, he did not create it to be empty. But formed it to be inhabited, he says. I am the Lord. And there is no other. Very powerful now. Hallelujah, thank you. Very powerful. Again, God owning creation. God saying he is the creator. And there is no other. In other words, there is no room for contestation. You are a creature, creature created. You are part of the creation. And then he says, in the book of Genesis 3.11, step by step, why? Why does God create the whole world? All mankind. And then all of a sudden, he now says, no, these ones are my son. And he leaves the rest. In other words, I'm asking the question. Who are those that I saw inside heaven on that July 29th the year 2009 when the Lord lifted me up and I found myself standing right before the throne of God the throne of glory and then the fourth seal of the holy scroll of Yahweh was broken by the glorious lamb of God the king of kings the fourth seal of the scroll of God was broken and then the fourth horse released then the second part of that vision now I'm able to see the church for the first time inside heaven who are those that I saw worshipping before the throne of Yahweh and celebrating Yahweh celebrating everlasting life defeated death. You could see the joy in their faces. They were so happy. Some of them with their children and families. They were happy that they have defeated death. That they have defeated sin. Defeated cancer. Defeated coronavirus. Defeated diabetes. Defeated leukemia. Defeated depression. Defeated all manner of the tribulation of the world. They have defeated hell 
celebrating. Who are those that I saw celebrating? Celebrating worship. Everlasting life. And their mansions are ready. Prepared by Yahweh. Wow. wow. What a mighty kingdom to go into. And so we read that creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. We read from Romans chapter 8 verses 17 down that creation is waiting for the Holy Church for the sons of God who enter the adoption into the family of God to be revealed, to be revealed on the earth in absentia. And to be revealed in their presence inside heaven. Those ones I saw. Who are they? Who are they? That are called sons of God. In Romans chapter 8. And that's the expedition we are on. But on a stepwise mission that we may also strengthen you in the word that you may be betrayed in your roots and so he says again Genesis 3.11 it then says Genesis chapter 3 verse 11 blessed people then he says the following he says, Anasema, and he said, kasema, Who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? Who told you that there is sin? Who told you to commit sin? Have you touched that tree and got it no sin? I wanted you to live in absolute innocence. Absolute holiness. Absolute purity. Absolute righteousness. Absolute obedience. That was all I ever longed for you. But you may never get to know about evil. Aye. So in that state of nakedness, then a very powerful, a very, very powerful statement from the Lord. In that state of uh, dilapidation and desperation, then a mighty statement. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. As we navigate ourselves across through scripture. In order to identify. Who the true sons of God are. I'm talking about the rapture church. And my assignment tonight. Is to be able to identify them to you. That once you know who the rapture church is. Then there you go. So he's saying in the book of Matthew. 
Basi anasema kwenye kitabu cha Mathayo. Turn with me to Matthew blessed people. Gauka pamoja nami kwenye kitabu cha Mathayo watu wabarikiwa. Matthew chapter 6. Kitabu cha Mathayo sura ya 6. We reading verse 29:30. Ninasoma mstari wa 29:30. Matthew chapter 6. Kitabu cha Mathayo sura ya 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are reading 29:30. Tunasoma 29:30. We can even begin from 28. Tunaweza hata kuanzia 28. And why do you worry about clothes? Nani kwa nini mnajitabisha kwa ajili ya mavazi? We are now talking at a time when they have discovered they are naked. Tunazungumza sasa kuhusiana na wakati ambapo wametambua wako uchi. When they need to be clothed. Wakati ambapo wanahitaji kuvikwa. You say and why do you worry about clothes? Anasema nani kwa nini mnajitabisha kwa kwa ajili ya mavazi? See how the lilies of the field grow. Oneni jinsi ambavyo maua ya shambani yanavyomea. They do not labor or spin cotton. Hayafanyi hayafanyi kazi wala kuifuma. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor. Lakini nawaambia hata mfalme Solomon katika fahari yake yote. Not even Solomon in all his major mighty splendor. Ya kwamba hata hata sio mfalme Solomon katika fahari yake yote kuu. Was dressed like one of these lilies. Hakuvikwa kama mojawapo ya hayo maua. Verse 30 Matthew 6. Mstari wa 30 kitabu cha Mathayo sura ya 6. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field. Ikiwa hivyo ndivyo Mungu anavika hivyo majani ya shambani. Which are here today. Ambayo leo hii And tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not more much more clothe you? Je, hata wavika ninyi vizuri sasa. Oh you of little faith. But if you read King James you'll be amazed. Lakini ukisoma tafsiri ya King James utashtuka. The book of Matthew chapter 6. Kitabu cha Mathayo sura ya 6. Beautiful scripture. Andiko la kupendeza sana. You can eat it like bread from a hot pan. You just pancito in fanyol. You just eat it hot pan caliente. Neno tamu kabisa neno kali kabisa unaweza kula tu kama mkate moto. In Spanish they say pan calientito. Kwenye kwenye Kispanyolo wanasema kwamba So he's saying the, the book of Matthew chapter 6 Anasema kitabu cha Mathayo sura ya 6 I'm now reading King James Sasa nasoma tafsiri ya King James And if we turn to verses 28 for na, example Na tukigeuka kwenda kwenye mstari wa 28 kwa mfano And why take ye thought for raiment Na kwa nini mpate kujisumbua kuhusiana na mavazi Consider the lilies of the field. Fikirini kuhusiana na maua ya shambani. How they grow and toil not. Jinsi yanavyomea na hayafanyi kazi. Neither do they spin cotton. Wala hayafumi. Verse 29. Msari 29. And yet I say unto you. Lakini nawaambia that even Solomon in all the glory in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these Ya kwamba hata mfalme Solomon katika fahari yake na utukufu wake wote hakuvikwa kama mojawapo ya hayo maua Wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast and into the oven lakini ikiwa Mungu anayavika hivi majani ya shambani ambayo leo yapo na kesho yanatupwa motoni. Shall he not much more clothe you? Je, hatawavika ninyi vizuri zaidi? Oh ye of little faith. Enyi wenye imani haba. Shall he not much more clothe you? Je, hatawavika zaidi ninyi? And so they found themselves naked. Kwa hivyo walijipata uchi. Out of the tragedy of sin. Kutokana na hatari ya dhambi. The catastrophe, catastrophe of disobedience. Janga la kukosa kutii. And so they found that they were naked they ran away. Na kwa hivyo kagundua kwamba walikuwa uchi wakakimbia. And say how much more 
is, is he not able to clothe you Nakusema, much more? Don't you mean much more to the Lord? Then he's saying that the sons of God they are aware of this. They are aware of the fall and they are aware of the consequences of sin. And yet they know that if any solution comes forth it must come from Yahweh himself. Only Yahweh can clothe them back. Can he much more clothe you? Can he much more clothe you? If he can clothe this statement you see in Matthew chapter 6. This scripture became a major prophecy. Now God would send the Messiah to clothe the naked church. So there is no reason for the present day church to be naked. Spiritually naked. He is saying if you are not wearing righteousness then you are essentially naked before the Lord. And the present day church is really naked before Yahweh. That is obvious. When you look at the way they conduct their worship, conduct their Christian life, Christian worship, you can tell they are in the shameful nakedness of the church in Lodisia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so blessed people. Turn with me right away. Then to Genesis chapter 3.15. How the Lord now raises forth a solution. Genesis 3.15 real quick. Because we are about to get into the, the meat, the thick of the matter. The thick of it. Genesis 3.15 he says. Mwanamkeakajibunyokalinidanganyanaminikala. Verse 14. And so the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cast you are above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat the dust all the days of thy life, all the days of your life. Now, verse 15 is very powerful. Is now the clothing, the, the blueprint of how he will clothe man. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers. And you crush your head. And you strike his heel. And so that was such a powerful antidote for sin that God laid before this earth, before the generations. Before mankind. That after the fall came, the Lord handled it right there. He did not delay 
away with it. It teaches you in your life as a Christian. Whenever you realize sin, handle it right there. Call sin, sin. Bring consequence to it. But the present day church, she is fond of being blind to sin. She claims she can't see sin. She is fond of postponing sin. She postpones it. I will handle it tomorrow. You cannot see a serpent enter your house and postpone it. Sinner. It has entered under the sofa. I will handle it tomorrow. It will bite you then. Uwezi we see the grace of God over there that after all men fail then he says that now there will be two generations those called sons of God and the rest there will be two humanities there will be those who be sons of God and he says for them now the Messiah stepped forward as a solution from God and he said he would struck he would crush the head of the serpent deal it a fatal blow the Lord I am glad that the Lord dealt the serpent a fatal blow to set mankind free I am glad he dealt with him right at the garden and dealt him a fatal blow right away fatal assigned a place in hell papo hapo kwa kiswahili nasema papo hapo so he instantly handled the serpent right there he didn't give the serpent a chance he wanted to explain to the serpent who is in charge he wanted to make it clear without any doubt who is really in charge and he addressed it right there he addressed the fall of men right at the garden and he released his son and he said he would come to crush the head not to come and tie the serpent under the tree or what or to warn it and tell him you are now in prison here or whatever no to crush it a fatal blow to finish the forces of evil forever on this earth a fatal blow to finish and show them that they have no power Thank you.